one of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia eats. Oh, man, do I love pizza. If I had to pick one food, one food that was the last food that I would have, or the food that if I could only eat one thing every day, I think it would be pizza. It's Jason DeRussia. Welcome to DeRussia Eats, episode 21, all about pizza. Today, you are going to meet two pizza guys with two very unique journeys, both of them. John Puckett founded Caribou Coffee. He grew caribou from nothing into this huge group of coffee houses all around the country. He sold caribou and bought into a Neapolitan pizza joint called Punch. John Serrano, uh, obsessed with making the best Neapolitan pizza. I've learned so much about business, about excellence, about obsession with quality from John Puckett and Punch Pizza. You will hear that plus a fascinating story of how Punch's business model absolutely flipped. It was mostly dine-in to now mostly takeout. Very, very interesting stuff from John Puckett. And then you're going to love Chris Kolstad. Chris Kolstad reached out to me on Twitter and said, Jason, I think I have an interesting story, and boy does he. Uh, He ended up as a young man involved in the criminal justice system. Never thought he'd be a business owner. He was just hoping to turn his life around after he got out of prison. But now he owns Pizza Man in suburban Columbia Heights, Minnesota. So we got the Heights Pizza Man who's turned his life around and the founder of Punch Pizza, co-founder, co-owner, who helped build that into just the best pizza in the Twin Cities. Grab yourself a slice, buckle up, and enjoy episode 21, the pizza episode of Russia Eats. So glad to have John Puckett with us from Punch Pizza. John, it's great to have you in studio. It's wonderful to be here. I think our listeners know, you know how much I love Punch Pizza. And, uh... You weren't the founder of Punch Pizza, but you got involved after you built this small little uh, coffee operation people may have heard of called Caribou. Yeah, Punch was our favorite place to eat. So you know, we, were, we were working crazy hours. This was before we had children. And we would go to Highland Village you know, two or three times a month and split a pizza, split a bottle of wine, and it was our date night place. Punch Pizza, the first location in St. Paul was uh, – uh, Table service, full service operation. Yeah, I mean, that's – we'll talk about what we've learned through the pandemic a little bit later. I know you wanted to talk about technology. But the cool thing about Punch, we started as a full service restaurant. And so hospitality and that level of service, you know, really is, you know, this tiny little restaurant in Highland Village um, I think was doing one of the greatest things in the world in making Neapolitan pizza. The founder of Punch, another John – you're you're required just to have Johns. Uh, I'm JP. <laughs> He's John. JP and John. Uh, he was the one who was really kind of obsessed with making the perfect Neapolitan pizza, right? Yeah, he was totally obsessed. So you Still know, every is. everything we do is exactly the way it's made in Naples, Italy. Down to 
I mean, there are protocols to we're, to. we're part of an association in Naples dedicated to making the pizza the authentic way. So the the dough can only have flour, um, water, uh, salt, and a leavening agent. We use crushed tomatoes from from Italy. We use um, all as much that we can get from Italy as we can. Buffalo mozzarella, prosciutto. So it's John Serrano and JP still running this business today. But boy, have things changed since you got in on the action in 2001, haven't they? Thank goodness we're flexible because, <laughs> I mean, operating any restaurant or it, it, truly anything de- dealing with the general public through a pandemic, who would have ever, whoever plans for that? Right. And it's just remarkable. Well, we're very fortunate that we sold pizza, which was a very good place to be um, because it could be taken out very well. Um, but Punch, you know, the, the support we had from our customers in this community was just incredible to keep us alive and keep us afloat during the dark days of COVID. You grew very slowly at Punch Pizza. You have 12 locations now, right? Yes. So we want to keep it family-owned. It's not a venture capital, big big national expansion. And we prioritize getting better every year. And we, we take as much pride on our people and our great staff and just the, the work we've done improving quality. John Puckett is with us from Punch Pizza, 12 different locations. You became a counter service except for that one location in Highland Park as you grew. Um, talk more about that obsession with each year. It's, we have a saying that, you know, if, if my partner and I die in a plane crash, we have three words that we want our team to remember, always get better. And if we, they do that, the company will, can survive for hundreds of years. And if you're always getting better, no matter how old you are um, as a business, um, if that's built in your DNA, um, you're going to survive and, and not only survive but prosper. So how do you actually execute that? Because a lot of business owners would talk about that. Like this year. So in the past, sometimes my business partner goes, I want to get better at salt. And so he'll test every salt, sea salt in the world. Literally, we'll have pallets of different salts come in and we'll do blind taste tests. And so this was the year we got better at salt. What's fascinating this year is we're asking our customers and our employees what they want to see improve. Mm. And the big opportunity, which is fascinating to me as an entrepreneur is hospitality and isn't that it, interesting tech- that so that's that's both your your team wanted to get team better wants to get even better at service huh. and our customers i mean they're happy with our their, our customers overall satisfaction at punch is about 98 percent, which our survey company said is they've never seen levels of satisfaction that high but our food quality was at like 99 percent, and our service quality was at 97 but there's a but the, but within that there was a desire when we ask our customers they want to come back to the community they want to see mm. there's a real desire to get back to after years of takeout and sort of disconnectedness but the interesting thing is there's also a desire to not wait and to be convenient and mm. so what we think the opportunity now at punch is to marry those two things so it's is to use technology for customers when they don't want to wait, when they're coming home from soccer practice with their kids and they don't want to wait in line and they want to grab their pizzas and go home. But that same customer, three days later, may want to meet a friend for a pizza and a salad and sit out on the patio. Hopefully someday we'll sit out on the patios again. Right, right. But they want to enjoy the community in the sense of, of, of being in a, in, a, in a real restaurant. And so the opportunity at Punch really is to marry 
the digital opportunity and this and the hospitality opportunity. And so that's what we're gonna that's where we're gonna really improve this year. John Puckett is with Punch Pizza. Before the pandemic, how much of your business was was takeout? About twenty percent. And today, how it's much? Two and a half times. So it's about half. Wow. That's so, that is a radical change in the way you th- probably think about your own business. It's it's crazy. I mean, we're we're doing twenty percent more overall sales per store, um, and most of that has become from the enabling our customers to order online and order ahead, which we did not offer that capability before the pandemic. You have your own app. We have our own app. We have our own capacity management system because one of the real gripes is when you do online ordering and you show up and the pizza's not ready or the food's not ready. And so what we've really prided ourselves on doing is having a very, very tailored capacity management. So when we say it's going to be ready at 715, it's ready at 715. Because you can only put so many pizzas in these ovens. Yes. And with COVID and with staffing issues, which fortunately are really changing. I mean, we're seeing an influx of applications like we've never seen at Punch. Um, people wanting to come back to work in restaurants. But one of the big issues is if you were understaffed, most of our competitors literally just kept the demand open and just overwhelmed their staff. And we were able to tailor it to a five-minute interval. If we were slightly understaffed, we lowered our sales. So we gave up sales to kind of keep our culture alive. John Puckett is a co-CEO, co-owner of Punch Pizza. You were at the State of the Union back Gosh, it's almost 10 years now, right? Yes. Yeah, 2013. At the time, you and Punch were held up as an example for your pay structure for your team. You you had what did were you paying 15 an hour at that I time? That, that, so it's amazing. In 2013, $10 an hour was where we went to. So you were at $10 a, an hour we and you got you got invited to the state of the union right. by Michelle Obama. Right. And what's what's interesting is that We've really – I think when you ask our customers when we do the survey, one of the things they really love about Punch is our engaged employees. Now, pay is not everything. You have to have training, advancement opportunities. You have to have great management at the store and, and also overall. But, but paying your employees well may, makes them feel um, very proud and good about the business they're working in. Yeah. Amazing that how much we spent fighting about that $15 an hour in Minneapolis. And now the market is certainly required that, I mean, what are oh, people? Our average, our average hourly wage is about $20 an hour in our stores. And that includes, you know, front of the house, high school kids, as well as um, experienced cooks. John Puckett, co-CEO at Punch Pizza with John Serrano. Um, I made a video with you uh, for Punch about the pizza steal which I think is such an interesting thing that you guys kind of obsessed about because when I think of punch, it's best right out of that hot Neapolitan oven. And it's always best eating in the restaurant. It just is. Well, it just tastes better. It's designed to be. You see all the, you hear all the, you hear all the energy. Smells good. It feels good. But it is nice sometimes to take it, take it home. And what we found from our customers is, you know, they don't always eat it the same way. Some eat it at home on a Tuesday and then they go eat it in the restaurant on a Saturday. And so what we wanted to do is make that experience at home, get it, restore it. So it's as Mm. good as as quality at home. And we did that through a pizza steel, which is just a cast iron pan that you put on top of your stove because it's a pain in the butt 
to do it in the oven and preheat the oven. Well, oh, you just you have to forever. call somebody at home. Please get the oven preheated. Yes. And, and nobody bothers with it. So the beautiful thing about a pizza steel is you put it on top of your stove, uh, turn your gas on or turn your electric on full bore, and in two minutes you have a fully restored restaurant-quality, punch-quality pizza. And we, if we can just get 10% of our takeout customers to do it, we'd feel so much better. My primary care doctor, I went to see her this week and got a physical. And her first question for me is she said, okay, my husband, first of all, wants to know if Punch paid you in pizza for the pizza steal video that he did. But she said that they go every week and she was telling me that they do use that pizza steel. They bought it because it's it's very cheap. Well, you didn't price it to make any money. No, and we, we sell it at cost. And so for 20 bucks, you know, and this thing will last forever. And you can heat tortillas on it and make pancakes on it. So but why can, didn't you price it to make money? Why did you we just want to get it in as many customers' hands as we can because it makes us feel – when I see someone take our pizza and put it in a box and have it steamed all the way home, I kind of die a little bit. <laughs> My, and my partner really dies a little bit because it's not just the, not – it's not as good. I mean our ingredients are good enough and our dough is good enough that even cold, our pizza is good. But when the crust is just seared and crunchy on the outside but then soft and tender on the inside, that's what makes Neapolitan pizza so good. And with the pizza steel, you, you have – you can get that same quality. It. Yeah. John Puckett is with us. Punch Pizza. We're going to get your top three restaurants to visit that are not your own. Plus, I will ask the question that seven of you have sent me Instagram DMs about today, which is what is happening with the Highland Park St. Paul restaurant? When will it open? Will it open? So we'll ask those questions more with the co-CEO, co-owner of Punch Pizza on DeRussia Eats, brought to you by Liquor Boy right here on Drive Time with DeRussia. John Puckett is the co-owner of Punch Pizza. They have 12 different locations. You guys have really expanded out into some of the a little bit further out suburbs. Has that worked out well for Punch? It's working great. Yeah, we just opened a store in Apple Valley, and each of our stores that open um, do more revenue than the stores in our our average Punch store, which does very well. So it's telling us that there's a lot of demand for Punch. My store is in Maple Grove, which was the first one that you had in sort of like a shopping center, right? That store is insane. It's, I mean, the, and the amount of takeout we do at yeah. that store, Jason. Oh, my gosh. The staff is very nice there. And when you talk about service, like that is – I think about this as a food critic. Like how do we judge what good service is? And can you get good service at a place where it's really just a hello and a take your order? Wait. You know, and the so answer is yes. Absolutely, because it doesn't take – it's not a very long interaction you have with a customer. Yeah. But if you talk to someone and they're, they're clearly like having a good day and they like what they're doing, it's, it's kind of infectious. Yeah. Highland Park, St. Paul, your original restaurant, a unique restaurant in that it's a sit-down. What is the plan? Why isn't it open? <laughs> we don't have a great answer to that. It's really we don't know right now because um, – what I will tell you is that Punch Pizza will be in Highland Park. So whether it's that store or a different store. And what we don't know right now coming out of the pandemic is given the change in our business with digital, all the digital customers and the amount of takeout, that store did not work as a as a high takeout store. It works as a community gathering place. 
And too small, not enough parking. Too small, not enough parking. Um, it's really a dinner only store yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's it's really not enough parking to do lunch. And I think I actually think it it will work again. But right now, with the cost of ingredients um, and all the inflation, we don't have the luxury of opening stores that we think you know that we think aren't going to necessarily work. Today. May or may not work. Yeah. But we will have a punch in that neighborhood. My partner and founder lives well, down. He the lives street. right there. He lives yes. there. Our offices are right above the damn store, so you know it's closed. And so we were like, I wish we could get a, a pizza downstairs. Is it? Um, will it be painful if you have to get rid of uh, the sit-down kind of model? There's a little nostalgia, of course. Well, and it's our roots. It's why we, I talked about digital hospitality. That's where we. That's why we have China. And we have silverware and we have really friendly food runners. Right. You don't get that at Noodles, Chipotle, all of our quick service competition. Yeah. John Puckett, uh, co-CEO, co-owner of Punch Pizza. Um, when you talk about the technology, one of the challenges when you go to a high takeout situation is if you're just showing up in the store to eat, sometimes you look around and you're like, this place doesn't look that full. Why is it taking so long to get my pizza? You're you're trying to train people. You're trying to figure this out, right? We don't have the answer to that. It's bizarre. I mean, we're busier than we've ever been in our history. Um, and sometimes you come in the stores and the stores don't look busy. But you look at the staff and how hard they're working. We are making as many pizzas as possible and in that get, oven. And you're getting them out the door. And we're getting them out the door. You can order my secret that I tell people is you go on the app when you're going to dine in and order ahead. So that's the big thing we're trying to do is not only use the app for takeout, but you can actually, instead of waiting in line, you can order ahead on our app and you just choose dine in. And as soon as you get to the store, we go on your pizzas. And so the beautiful thing about that is we don't make the pizzas ahead of time for that period, like a takeout, because we want those pizzas right out of the oven. So in case you're running five or ten minutes late, nobody ever shows up right on time. They're usually a little bit earlier, a little bit late. But this enables you to cut that entire line of people that were in before you if you order ahead for dine-in. What do you say to people who complain that punch pizza is too soft in the middle? Well, part of it is Neapolitan pizza. So we are not New York pizza. We're not Detroit pizza. Um, but you can order your – if you don't like the wetness of Neapolitan pizza, you can order it punch dry. And we will actually cook the pizza slightly longer and put a little bit less tomato and, and olive oil on the pizza. I like it wet the way yeah. it's supposed we, to be. But we I love it. it that way. Yeah. But there are people – and so we're willing to – we're very eager to, to get it how you like it. All right. Last question is about your other favorite restaurants. Yes. Because you cannot live on pizza alone. Although – Maybe you could. Well, you know, we eat a lot. Well, salads, too. You know, that's what's nice is we have a balanced meal at Punch. We have pizza and salads. But <laughs> the, the salad is actually yeah, the genius it, of Punch, it right? Is. It really is. How and much of your sales are salads I, compared to I, pizza? I can give you an approximate okay. number because it's a closely held secret. It's more than you would ever, ever think. It is. We get a lot of people that come just for our salads. Yeah. We always order one pizza, one salad. So... There you go. Well, it's our focaccia bread. The too. bread That's is so good. I know. Okay. Uh, three favorite restaurants so that people should know It's about. interesting. It's three favorite products, really, okay. in town. And these are things I crave. And so it's soup number 11 at Quang. <laughs> the spicy noodle soup. Yes. Just fantastic. The Andalay sausage at Kramarchik's. And the coconut cake at Yum Kitchen. Excellent. You know, I crave those things. 
I know. It's all about craveability. If you can achieve that, what a... And you look at punch, the That's, fact that people crave it. What For you, what sort of satisfaction is there in that? Oh, it's... Well, we talk about craveability. It's like if you're not doing something that's craveable, it's garbage. It really is. You're not going to build a sustainable business. You have to have a... You have to make a product that people crave. Yeah. You've done it twice. Caribou coffee and punch pizza. Espresso and pizza. Both invented in Naples, Italy. Go figure. Yeah, they know what they're doing over there. So do you guys. John Puckett with Punch Pizza. Thank you. Thank you. I think I need pizza for dinner now after this segment. DeRussia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. I'm so excited about our guest today. His name is Chris Kolstad. He is the owner and president of Heights Pizza Man in Columbia Heights. Chris, I'm so glad to have you with us here on CCO. Oh, hang on. I think our button is stuck. We're going we're gonna to move Chris. Chris, I was showing Chris the cough button, and it looks like I got it stuck. Well, it works. The cough button works, everybody. <laughs> Chris, uh, there we go. Little, you know what? The whole, our whole Drive Time with the Russia production team is jumping into action, which is just one guy. It's just Dan. Dan's see how the cough button is jammed in there. Yep. Oh, Dan's got a. Should we keep the show going? This is very interesting to me, Chris. This is like owning a small business. You're always putting out a fire or fixing something, aren't you? Yeah, but it's actually daylight out right now. I'm not doing it at three in the morning. So. <laughs> That's usually when it happens, right? Uh, you bought Heights Pizza Man. How did your the reason you're on is that you reached out to me and shared some of your story, and it's pretty. It's a crazy route to get to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, I worked many, many years in mental health, working in group homes, chemical dependency, all kinds of routes like that. Left the field about six years ago just to get a break from it. Ended up working at the Pizza Man in Crystal. Working De- over there. Delivering pizzas? Yep, and- just delivering pizzas, going home at the end of the night, hoping for just something low-key, a little less stress. And did that for about two and a half years, then transferred over to the Heights store and Almost immediately became available for sale, and the girlfriend and I talked and decided to jump on it. The owner says, do you want to buy Pizza Man? I mean, basically, the first thought was either you're screwing with me or no, not really. <laughs> but after that, I kind of thought about it, and it's like, okay, this is an opportunity I'm not going to get many other times, if ever. And the way things have gone at that point, going through a divorce, getting custody of my daughter, all those things, you take a positive situation when it looks at you, and that's what we've tried to do. You bought Pizza Man right there in Columbia Heights. It's on Central in Columbia Heights. Yep, right at 41st and Central. And you bought it right before the shutdowns in COVID? We signed the papers November 15th of 19 and officially took over January 1st, 2020. And then two and a half months later, everything was shut down. Pretty much. Owning a pizza place during COVID from many of the pizza place owners I know, COVID was a time of of uncertainty and confusion, but also a pretty good time to be owning a pizza place. Was that your experience? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when we bought the store, it had only been reopened for about nine months after being closed for a year. So we were still building back the audience. But then when the COVID come through, Hmm. it narrowed down a lot of the local choices. So people kind of had a handful of choices to go to as opposed to this whole plethora from before. Sure. So you're starting to gain back some of those people and, Gave us an opportunity to earn regular customers that I think we've 
not only kept most of, but probably kept gaining on. Yeah. Chris Kolstad is our guest, owner and president of Heights Pizza Man. Chris, your personal story is really one of, of second chances and, and, as you said, taking advantage of positivity when it presents itself. Uh, share, share a little bit about, you, you mentioned you're a single dad, but you also were, uh, ended up in the criminal justice system, right? I did. I got myself tied up in some stuff. I, I shouldn't say ended really... up like you did things. Yeah, no, I think that's something that needs to be made perfectly clear when you talk to someone like me is I put myself in that position. You yeah. know, I I feel that there were other things that didn't help me sure. avoid it. But right. in the end, it was my decisions, my lack of judgment that got me there. Took me a long time to get out of it. But I mean, I'm still at this point, my record's been expunged after three felonies before the age of 30. Quite a while ago, but you got your record expunged. My record is expunged. It's led to 50-50 custody now of my daughter. My girlfriend of seven years now almost has helped out a ton with getting the record back, getting the confidence back, running the business, just getting to be the dad I wanted to be when my divorce went through and trying to get my life straight. And It's been an adventure, but I think you you have to put the effort in. You have to show that you want to do the right thing and... There are good people that go through the system. Yes. It's just a lot of them don't make the decision to come out of it. Hmm. You know, it's it's a topic I'm fascinated with because the reality is so many of our neighbors have committed crimes and end up in the system. And I feel like we have sort of a crappy overall way of trying to get people back into society. We like to punish, but trying to figure out, all right, how do we... How do we help people so so you have a path back? And for you, it was a lot of hard work. You had to make the choice that you wanted a path back, right? Absolutely. I think, for lack of a better way to put it, I think the system is designed to keep you in it once you're in it. Hmm. Now, that Do you think intentionally or is it just kind of neglect? Yes and no. I think there's some intent to keep you there, which does make some sense. You know, you're trying to keep people, an eye on the people that have made the mistakes, yeah. trying to keep criminals in right. the, sort of within sight line. Yeah. But on the other side of that, I think there are ways to get out if you put the effort in and there aren't, the system's not rooting for you to fail, Mm. but the system is set up for you to have to work to get out of it. Yeah. They want you to be in there if you're not going to make those choices and to give you the option to get out if you are. Well, I think your experience is inspiring. It's inspiring to me because the reality is you took the steps to turn your life around and now you're in a situation to not only inspire others, but to also give people maybe a, a a hand up if they're willing to work. Absolutely. We've got... I mean, did you ever picture that you'd be a business owner when you were kind of at your lower points? Honestly, no. I just wanted to kind of take the steps and keep going day by day to try and work back up. And, yeah. You know, that's why when the opportunity fell in, we had to take it. How do you not? How do you not? You, know, you go from sleeping on your living room floor and all your furniture gone and rebuilding, which don't get me wrong again, you know, my position to put in divorce yeah. didn't go so well, but right. You know, you start Life over happens. from scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get a door open, you have to walk through it. If you don't take those openings, you're never going to get anywhere. And now we've got a staff of nine, 10 people that some of us are in the same spot. Some of them are not, but they all work hard for us. They all genuinely want to make it successful. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference too. Oh, Chris, your daughter has to be so proud of the dad you, you've you become. I hope so. I hope she's listening to this, and I hope she realizes that there's been a lot that's gone into it. I know she's made it clear that she seems to understand. Yeah, I'm glad she still has a decent relationship with her mother as well, and yeah. we're able to do 
what needs to be done to have the best possible relationship on both sides. But yeah, I think definitely she's got more to be proud of now than she did 10 years ago. Mm, yeah. Chris Colstead's the owner and president of Heights Pizza, man. I want to talk pizza. I'm pretty good at that. How much? Describe the style of pizza that you guys produce at Heights. So pizza we do man. thin or hand tossed. And actually, we do have a thick crust option we don't go through a lot of. But what, what is the correct answer? What's the best option? Personally, for me, it depends on what toppings you're putting on it. If you're putting a bunch of meats on it, it's got to be hand-tossed to soak up any kind of the grease that goes in. But if it's a thin crust with all the veggies, you got to keep it crispy. The crispy feels great when you have the right topping. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I really think the crust makes the biggest difference as far as, like, when you've got the toppings on there, you pick the wrong crust and get the wrong things soaked in there, it just doesn't taste right. Or you got some squishy crust with five meats on it, (laughs) doesn't do it for you. Right. Do do you like... In Minnesota, we have a lot of tavern-style pizza, right? The square cut. The thin yes. cut is sort of a tavern cut yeah, style, yours, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, what kind of sauce? I mean, we've got Alfredo options, but we do have just your basic That's for your crazy people, sauce. though. That's for crazy people. Or, you know, for people like me that are lactose <laughs> intolerant, I can't do it at all. But <laughs> I like the Alfredo. I just can't have it. Can't have it. Do you like a spice? Sometimes I think our sauces, our red sauces, are too sweet. Ours tends to be on the sweet side, but a little secret for any of our customers, listen, I like to add a little red pepper flakes to the sauce when I make one for taking home. That changes that, right? It does. Just one packet of the red pepper flakes kicks it up just enough. Right. Not overwhelming where your mouth is on fire. It's hot, but not like, oh, my hot, you know? Right. That's really good. Chris Colstead is with us. Pizza man in Columbia Heights. We're going to talk about sort of the interesting part of the Twin Cities you're in. We'll also talk about your favorite restaurants to go to that are not your own. Sounds like a plan. Very good. Chris Colstead joins us as to Russia Eats continues. Pizza, man, we love pizza on this show. We'll talk more about it with Chris in just a minute here on Drive Time with Russia. Derusha Eats, in effect here, brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board and Liquor Boy. Our guest today is Chris Colstead, the owner and president of Heights Pizza Man. Do you do you consider yourself the pizza man, Chris? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was trying to figure out the buttons on this oh, yeah, side. It's and all I good. Moved yeah. over. Right. No, honestly, I think that title goes to the gentleman I bought the store from, Eric, that owns the rights to all the Pizza Man stores through the metro area. Because there are a bunch of them, right? There is. I believe there's 19, if I remember yeah. correctly. I could be mistaken. And do they all that. do they all use the same recipes, or do you change it up for your... Most of them are going to be the same general, at least base things, like the sausage, the cheese, and yeah. the crust. Yeah, there are some little variants in the sauces in some places, depending on if they do like a prepackage or make their own. Got it. We were talking a little bit about the impact of Facebook on pizza restaurants. There's a Twin Cities pizza, what do they call it, the Pie Chasers, like this pizza group. And then there you have community groups. Do, does it have an impact on your business? Absolutely it does, You know, especially like the Pie Chasers page you're talking about. I know I've seen recently you started posting on there too and getting to join us in the community, so to speak. It's so. fun, yeah. There are 13. 13,000 or so people? Something right around there, I think. But yeah, it Obsessed. Definitely... A little obsessed. A lot of them are a little more hardcore than I am. Well, pizza's a serious thing, Jason. <laughs> Why do you think Minnesotans are so crazy about pizza? I think it's honestly probably not a whole lot more here than most places, but especially like in Minneapolis area here, you've got so many pizza places yeah. in such a small territory, and a lot of them are very, very well run. You know, they're people that genuinely care about their product and you have to work hard to compete with all Mm -hmm. the other ones out there yeah 
You're in an interesting location in Columbia Heights because you've got some more blue-collar neighborhoods and you have some pretty ritzy neighborhoods all in the same zone, right? We do. We're kind of right in the middle of a couple of the higher demographic territories in the state and a couple of the lower ones at the same time. So that's kind of one of our biggest challenges is finding ways that you can appeal to both those demographics without shooting yourself in the foot from Mm -hmm. one side or the other, not excluding anybody from being able to afford your product. Right. But also providing maybe a premium product that people are looking right. for, too. Right. Trying to provide quality at a fair price is probably the most difficult part to think any business owner runs into. You're looking at how do I make the money I need to make to cover my bills but still keep customers coming through my door. Interesting. And still make it affordable for them so they're not feeling like, hey, I can have a pizza night every two weeks, but I can only do this every two weeks. I can't go out to eat even when they're McDonald's with my kids in between. Or what? Uh, what's the most kind of... Uh, inflation uh, item. What's the biggest cost increase you've seen on anything you're buying, you know, any of your ingredients? Originally for us, it was chicken wings, although those have come back down. Mm-hmm. But as far as actual just straight up ingredients for pizza, it's pepperoni and it's not even close. Really? The pepperoni is almost twice what I bought the place at three and a half years ago as far as per case. Why is it so much more expensive? That's a fantastic question that I can't seem to find the answer to. Huh? So. Interesting. I've found through three and a half years of doing this all kinds of random shortages of things that control prices, <laughs> things I didn't even know you could have shortages on. The garlic right. butter crisis nearly ruined me a few years back. But And you, you do pizzas and wings and salads. What's the most popular topping of a pizza you sell at Pizza Man? I mean, easily for us, it's the sausage. Pizza Man does their own special sausage through a place called Circle Pine Sausage House. Mm. All the Pizza Mans, I believe, utilize the same sausage. I know that's... If you go single-topping pizza, it's not even close. That's the one we sell the most of. What's the most kind of unique pizza that does well? We have one that's actually called the Sweet Heat Supreme that was a creation by my kitchen manager and a couple other people seven beers deep at the Mexican place down at the end of the mall. (laughs) It's kind of taken off. It's a ranch sauce with pretty much every vegetable you can think of on top of it, sausage on the top, and a little sweet red chili drizzle. and. I told him flat out, I'm like, you can try, but I don't think it's going to do anything, and I was wrong. So, Do you think the name of it is part of it? Sweet Heat kind of makes, that seems to be on trend right now, the hot honeys and all of that I sort of thing? I think it helps. Actually, a unique fact, too, uh, country music artist Jake Nelson was the one who named that through a Facebook competition. Oh, really? Did, so. Oh, that's fun. The restaurant's called Pizza Man. It's in Columbia Heights. Chris Colstead is the owner. We ask every guest on De Russia Eats, they're favorite three restaurants to go to that they don't own. So now is your chance. Uh, what are some of your favorites? So the first one I got to point out, I grew up in a motorsports background. I work at motorsports facilities. So Finish Line Cafe in Princeton is a big one for me. Ah. If you ever get a chance to walk in there, it's basically themed around the Princeton Speedway, which is where I work Friday nights. Cool. And there's pictures and actual even pieces off of race cars all over the place. Oh, awesome. You couple that with good drink specials and good food. It's not a bad combination. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Finish Line Cafe in Princeton. I like it. And pretty much right across the street from there, we got Madre Loca in Princeton. It's a Mexican place owned by a friend of mine, but super cheap prices, super good food. I've never left there wanting more. Nice. A couple times I've left there wanting less. <laughs> yeah, I know they've had some bad luck too, but Heidi's been a great friend of mine for a couple of years. She's helped us out as far as storage and stuff when we needed it. And I know they've been through some tough stuff. So. Mm. Definitely wanted to give some love to her either way, and trust me, the food is worth it. Nice. 
Very good. And I think for number three, you just got to go with any of the pizza mans. I mean, maybe not mine. He said, I can't do mine, but you right. know, all the rest of them. <laughs> That's true. You don't own, the, own them all. But I know what a lot of these guys are putting into it, and yeah. I know what it takes to keep it successful. So I'm hoping if somebody's not going to stop into mine, they'll stop into one of the other ones. I like it. Chris, it was so great meeting you and uh, so glad to have you on. These uh, neighborhood pizza places and community restaurants like yours, it's so important uh, to keeping our communities unique and interesting and keeping people working, and I hope people are inspired by your story, too. Thank you very much for your time. Chris Colstead. Heights Pizza Man, check them out. You can Google it to get right to their online ordering, uh, but go give Chris some love and check out his restaurant. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast. On WCCO Radio, 830 AM, we do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com, jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.